And welcome to another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. Alongside Tyler Syracuse, I'm Nick Morrow. What's going on, Tyler? What's going on? Coming off a good week of DFS. Had a bunch of good tournament lineups going. Pretty much Alvin Kamara destroyed any hope I had. And then I didn't really have exposure to AJ Brown, but it was a good week overall for sure. Advanced in all my season-long matchups, so I'm in the playoffs in all eight. So hopefully can get some uh, winnings there too. So it's looking good. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good week. Um, didn't have a podcast last week, so we'll catch up everything that we missed. Uh, special guest today, again, joining us, um, Justin McMahon from uh, Daily Fantasy Insider. What's going on, Justin? Hey, uh, excited to be here. It's a fun week. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Um, last time you were on, you gave us a great core four, so I know you're busy. You got the live final this week. Um, for those of you that don't really know, DraftKings has contests throughout the year. You can win tickets to a live final, two million up top, and I think like last place gets like twelve grand. I mean, so you make out. They take care of you, your airfare, your hotel. Um, what else they got you going? What else going on down there? Uh, they got us. They got us hooked up with some couples massages, and then they've taken me and my four friends. Uh, we're going on a tour of the Everglades on an airboat on Saturday, so. They definitely hook it up and we have a lot of fun, but I am a little worried that I'm not going to do a lot of research, but that's why I did it all in advance. So this is probably the most prepared I've ever been uh, on a Wednesday evening. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So you're enjoying the nice weather in Miami and we're up here. It's 25 degrees, snowing and freezing in Rochester. So enjoy. We're jealous. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. (laughs) It's brutal up here. Um, All right. So we'll get to your core four. Um, I know you probably don't want to give too much info and I know you've done a ton of research, but you know, whatever you can give our listeners and kind of, um, how you're going to tackle this slate. It's a great slate. Um, I think you really, I know I follow you on Twitter and a bunch, I know Tyler does and some of our followers do. Um, I know you've been, you've been raving about this slate, so I'm excited to see who you like. I'm, I'm willing to give away, you know, the the bulk of who I really like. I, I, uh, I think that, you know, it's not the worst strategy ever to, scream from the rooftops who I'm going to play um, because I think most of the guys at these events really try to be contrarian. So I don't think it's the worst thing ever to just like, I've booked quite a few podcasts this week and I'm just going to be saying who my stack is all week long and uh, hope that that actually reduces the ownership on it. So uh, I really like the three man Rams stack um, of Higby woods and Gurley. And I might use uh, Jared Goff, and it seems nuts to use a three-man stack of an offense without the quarterback, but I, I might end up going with Dak and running it back the other way. Uh, but the reason that I'm so high on this stack is because the Rams have been using this formation that doesn't include anyone else who touches the ball other than Woods, Higby, and Gurley. So their expected fantasy points has just been off the charts the last few weeks, and, and as well as their actual fantasy points. But one of the things that I've been talking about all season long is that the DFS industry has gotten so cute that they won't play somebody who's coming off good games. It's the weirdest thing where like a guy will be having good game after good game. Jarvis Landry is a great example right now where he's the top guy in that offense. He's one of the top receivers in the NFL right now. And since their bye week, he's had the highest expected fantasy points of any wide receiver in the NFL other than DJ Moore. And yet he's been 5 to 10% owned every single week i've played him like five weeks in a row no one wants to play a guy who's coming off a good week so um it'll be interesting to see where ownership falls but 
Higby is coming off back-to-back games with seven catches and over 100 yards. And it's not a fluke. It's the formation that they're running. Uh, they take Cooper Cup off the field, who played less than 25% of snaps last game. I don't think people realize Cooper Cup like barely exists. And he's so good that when he is on the field, he's getting enough stats to make it seem like he's just having off games. And I hope that people target him for regression because there's none coming. He's barely on the field. And it's just these three guys. It's the Woods. Woods, Higby, Gurley is the formation. And it's pretty much play action or run on every play. And then it's Woods runs an intermediate route. And Higby runs kind of underneath or he'll go run up the field. And I don't know what it is, but the defenses can't stop it. The Rams offense the last two weeks running this formation has looked completely unstoppable. They just destroyed Seattle and Arizona. So I don't see any reason why they move away from this formation. So that's what I'm all over. And I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely worried. It could be, it could be chalky, but I think it's, I think it's the right move and I'm going to play all three of those guys. I think it, that's, I, I've never thought of a stack without the quarterback, to be honest with you. So that's something new that, you know, I've never really thought of doing a stack without the quarterback. I usually kind of find a quarterback I like and then stack or a game I like right. and stack. Um, and I hope is that Goff won't be a quarterback people like, so they won't stack his offense. And I may end up playing Goff, but the thing is, Gurley around the red zone is definitely, he could, you know, he'll probably be the must have this week. I'm, he's almost for sure going to be the must have. And um, they're totally unleashing him. McVeigh admitted that he waited way too long to take off his touch caps and whatever. Right. Um, and so now, you know, he's, he's had over 20 touches three of the last four games. And I think that's going to continue. I think he could push 25 again, like he did last week. And if he scores multiple times, that really hurts Goff. You know, and and I think the thing for me that this comes down to is there's there's no other offense on the slate or in the whole league that I'm aware of that there are only three options. Every other offense has at least four, usually five. It really, who, it, yeah, it really has been crazy the past two games what the Rams have been doing, and they look like a completely different team. And that's why I like yeah. the stack too. And I don't think you need to use Goff either because it's such a concentrated offense. Gurley's back to playing over ninety percent of the snaps. And honestly, they all have really good price tags too. So I definitely like that stack. And then another reason to not play golf is just because he typically struggles when the opposing team generates any kind of pressure. And I think Dallas ranks inside the top 10 in rushing the quarterback. So, and Dallas yeah, is at home that's... and golf has uh, negative road splits. So I, I like right. the, I like the stack and, and I would agree that you don't have to play Jared Goff even with playing three other Rams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Woods and Hugby have played every single snap the last couple of games. I think they each took one snap off last game, and then, like you said, Gurley's up over like over eighty percent, and probably would have been more if they weren't up by so much in the last two games. So, I think the only problem you could run into is if Gerald Everett comes back, and that yeah, would maybe take gonna, away from Higby. Right. That's right. what I was going to ask you. The if Everett is, if Everett does come back or plays, um, how does that change your strategy? Right. So I still like Higby because when Everett played last game. The last time ever played, he only played 23% of snaps. And that was the first time that I thought, what the hell is going on? Because I actually had Everett as my captain on that slate. He'd been playing a ton of snaps. And then all of a sudden, it just fell off a cliff. And there were all these rumors, well, maybe he was injured. But I don't I don't, I don't, don't often buy that. When a guy plays like 25% of snaps, people are like, oh, maybe he's kind of hurt. It's like, he's either hurt or he's not. Like, you know, why is he playing every third play if he's, if he's hurt? Then you should just keep him on the sideline. So I, I really looked at, like, when is he playing, when is he not? And it's this formation that he doesn't play. And they just don't use him. They use Higby because he's a better blocker. And 
I don't know if Everett would end up taking that much. I think he would take some snaps, but I don't think they want Higby off the field. I mean, Johnny Munn's been playing 50 snaps a game because of this formation too. I could see him losing some snaps before Higby loses snaps. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. The thing is Ian Thomas is right there on Higby with us. Like we're kind of between Ian Thomas and Tyler Higby as the top value tight ends. And I think my build is almost definitely going to push me to a value tight end. So it's possible that would, that if, if ever it plays and is healthy, that would push me off to, to down to Ian Thomas. Um, but yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he's just out and it doesn't throw a wrench in things. But yeah, I have thought about that. And and with Goff, what's interesting is that Pro Football Focus says that the Cowboys have a bad pass rush and says that lately their pass rush has been a horrible, like one of the worst in the league. But then somehow the Cowboys are number one in pressure rate and they're number one in blown block rate for the offensive line. So I don't understand how those things match up. Hmm. I've tried talking to Jeff Ratcliffe about it and he just says that the subjective grading of PFF analysts is, is what it is. Like, you know, they watch the play and um, they determine whether they thought that the pass rush deserved a good grade or not. So it's very hard to get a true read when I watch it. It looks like they have a good pass rush. So I think you kind of have to go off of that. That sounds like what you're saying, Tyler is like, they certainly seem like they have a good pass rush. Um, But it is, it is bizarre because I usually rely on PFF grades uh, for quite a lot of like, especially like line, like trenches stuff. Cause I don't, you know, who watches that all game long. Right. Right. I just think, so, I think, I think also Dallas is just kind of in shambles right now. Um, they're a mess. Yeah. yeah that, and, that was kind of my thought is like, they could just get steamrolled. Yeah. Like they're, you never know. I, I mean, mean, the Rams are, like ro- the make- Rams are rolling. And I mean, at the end of the day, I take Sean McVay over Jason Garrett any day um, when it comes to coaching and writing up a game plan for a game. So, it's also good being right. in the dome, so you don't have to worry about the weather uh, in the Week 15 matchup. Yeah, like one of the things, the big knocks on Goff is like, oh, he's a shitty road QB. But I don't know. I feel like in a dome, like I feel like he should be okay. I mean, it also hasn't been like that true this year in particular. So, and he he hasn't been in the league that long to say for sure that his road splits are a real thing. Uh, it, I always, I don't know. I never know what to do with those. Like if you look at the last road game he played, he threw for 424 yards and he was sitting on the bench by the end of the third quarter. He dominated so badly. So, and that was indoors in Arizona. So, and then the one before that at Pitt, that's a really tough matchup. That's one of the, that's like the best pass rushing team in the NFL this year. Um, and then he goes at Atlanta and has a fine game, puts up 25 DK. And, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's another been, indoor. Yeah. I mean, I just think he's been bad against you know really good defenses he's ran yeah you know he's running to some really good d um playing baltimore chicago pittsburgh um three in a row that kind of hurt his value um and i I don't think think, and i don't think dallas's d is anything to write home about at all so no yeah and i think another thing is like some of the road games that he struggled on i think he was making too many decisions i think mcveigh was giving him too much credit cerebrally like I think McVeigh is really intelligent, so he gives Goff like these four options that he can pivot to at the line, and it just overwhelms him. And then he makes it, you can see him like hesitating and like struggling with decision making early in the season. And this formation they're running is so simple. He has like a couple of reads to make each time he comes up to the line, and the blocking is perfectly schemed. Like everything is kind of done for him. Like McVeigh is practically just running the game 
for yeah, him. Yeah, he definitely is, he's he's looked more decisive the last couple of weeks, and he'll just come out and rip it to whoever's open. So I think that's right. a good call for sure. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably I'll probably have Goff. The one thing that also makes me like Dak, and I hate to dominate this whole show with just oh, this you're one good. game, but the one thing that makes me like Dak is that he could run too. So if he were to run in a touchdown. And like if Gurley were to score a couple and then Dak were to run in a few, then you'd really need to have Dak in that as part of that stack. But um, I mean, aside from Dak, who do you like running it back with? I kind of I'm looking at Gallup and Cooper. So Mm -hmm. with Gallup, the the enticing part is that his his expected fantasy points is actually higher than Cooper this year has been for almost every week. And but Cooper's producing better. So it's just the, the age old like do you value efficiency more or do you value opportunities more? And traditionally I've always valued opportunities, but Leonard Fournette isn't slapping me in the face every single week, all season. So I'm kind of getting tired of discounting efficiency like McCaffrey. And then like Fournette has as many expected fantasy points as McCaffrey. And there's nobody even close to those two. Right. But somehow Fournette just continues to be a bust. And I'll probably play him again, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I like Fournette this week, too. I mean, everyone's begging me not to, but I just, <laughs> I, can't, I can't resist. Eventually, I, he's going to hit it for you. Eventually. You'd have to think, right? They've right. been blown out. They've been blown out, like, real bad by at least three scores in five straight games. But somehow, Vegas still believes in them and does not project them to get killed. So, you know, part of me is like, well, I should trust Vegas. Right. Like right. they know what they're doing. Absolutely. But it's uh, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know what is wrong with that team. They're allowing points in bunches and they're not scoring any. And I just I can't figure them out. I watch them on film and none of the, the play calls don't look horrible. It's just it. I can't figure it out. I'll, I'll keep digging on that. And I probably, you know, I won't be able to tell your listeners what I find, but uh, <laughs> I'll post something in the war room. I don't know if any of them are in the DFI war rooms, but I'll definitely post a write up in the war room about what i decide on Fournette, i'll probably play him though yeah i mean why not right you got to just stick with him eventually exactly. after i, I mean after 14 him, weeks he's got to hit it for you right i didn't play him once all year I, I swear to god i didn't play him the one week that he scored two touchdowns <laughs> two out of his three touchdowns well just year, let us know let us know if you don't play him this week all right all right and then everyone can lock him in <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tweet it out if i don't play him so <laughs> that's been me with travis kelsey alvin Kamara, and uh odell beckham i just keep rostering them every week oh, and i just geez. never play i don't off. even yeah i don't even try on Kamara because i just know i'm gonna get him wrong but then dfi must have them one week and then of course he wasn't you know he wasn't horrible but he wasn't good i never get him on the boom weeks so i've given up trying <laughs> so before we let you go um we lo- I like that. I like the stack you gave. I like the run back with Gallup or Dak or uh, Cooper. Um, when I first looked at this slate, the game that kind of stuck out to me was Houston, Tennessee. Probably will be chalk. Do you think a lot of the guys at the live final will be targeting that game, or do you think they'll be going elsewhere? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've been I've been talking to some of the guys. Um, there's a few group chats that. But people are just keeping their cards a little close to the chest. I'm taking the opposite approach, just screaming at everybody that I'm stacking the Rams. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I do think, you know, a lot of them trust uh, Daily Roto as their model. That's kind of the projection source that most of them use. So I'm kind of using the Daily Roto projections as like my baseline for ownership this early in the week. And uh, they do have Ryan Tannehill as the top value quarterback. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, 
I'm certainly not playing him. I, I just don't know how I, if I like that at all. Just the idea of Ryan Tannehill for 6,500 salary being the best quarterback <laughs> just seems unfathomable. But I, I don't know. What it, do you guys think on that? It's just the mat. Like when I first looked at the slate, I was like, wow. I mean, that game stack just screams at me. I mean, right. you could stack Tennessee and put, you know, Watson naked there and probably still have a great lineup. Um, or you could, if Fuller's out, you stack Watson and Hopkins. And yeah. then you run it back with Henry and, you know, Brown or whatever. I, I mean, just the the way Tennessee's been playing and Ryan Tannehill and how bad Houston's pass defense is and also their run defense. Um, I mean, they just got tore up by Drew Locke and Denver at home, right. actually embarrassed. Um, and Tennessee can be scored on. I mean, Watson is an absolute animal. Um, you saw what he did against the Patriots defense. And him and Hopkins have a serious connection. When Fuller's not playing, that's his go-to guy, 100%. Um, the game yeah, just—I I mean, the game just screams like points. But it also I, I immediately thought chalk. Yeah, I Hopkins is going to be the guy that I think nobody wants to lose to. So I think he'll end up being pretty chalky. I think he and McCaffrey, the live finals. I find that it's like the studs that everyone just is like, oh, these guys have to go off they end up being really high owned because people just get either they talk themselves into value plays as like sneaky and then they can afford them or they just start with them. And they're like, I'm not going to lose because of Hopkins and McCaffrey going off. So it's uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to play Hopkins, but I'm kind of with you that like, it's probably going to end up being pretty chalky. And another thing I like at these live finals is I like to stack the late games. Um, I don't, I don't want, and it's, it's, you know, it's silly. It shouldn't play a factor, but I don't want my day to be over like an hour. In. I, I'm the same way with my lineups. Like I always look at the four o'clock games and I like to play at least four guys from the four o'clock game, whatever it is. If it ends up being my stack or, you know, Derek Henry's usually at four o'clock. So I've been hammering him at four o'clock. Um, it's just, yeah, yeah it, it keeps you engaged the whole day. And especially you know, you being at Miami and there's going to be a huge party all day. Yeah, open um, bar. Well, open the other bar. thing is, like, it doesn't sound too bad to have my whole lineup locked in at one, too, because then I don't have to worry about, you know, taking advantage of the open bar and maybe making a stupid late swap at 345. <laughs> um, that's a concern. I mean, toast it up seen, and everything. I've seen, yeah, I've seen people convince themselves at these events, like, right that's before the late point. games, they're clearly hammered and they're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to send it with, you know, Tyree kill, even though he's being shadowed, you know, and then everyone's like, Oh God, what are you doing? So I don't want to, I don't think I would be that guy, but it's still, there's something appealing about being locked at one. Yeah. So when I went to the live final in 27, 2018 or yeah, 2017, it was, I, I didn't have a single touchdown in my lineup. It was actually the week I played Chris Ivory going up against the, um, the Texans and the Jaguars scored over 40 points. So it was a week where Ivory was filling in for, I think it was Fournette was injured and Tommy Bohannon ran in two one yard touchdowns. Oh, so I went no. the whole day without a touchdown. Uh, two of my guys got injured. So I'm, I'm definitely hoping you have better luck than I did. <laughs> Me too. I've actually, I've had pretty bad luck with injuries for the last like two months. And every time it happens, I tell Tasha, my fiance, I go, Hey, this is good. We're just building up more 
good karma. We're getting all these injuries out of the way yep. so it doesn't happen. And guys getting tackled at the one, you want that out of the way before oh, the yeah. left on the I haven't, I, I haven't had a touchdown in like three weeks. <laughs> I've had like a, I've had so many hundred yard games and just can't get touchdowns, but it's it's coming. I'm all I'm just gonna keep playing the same guys who have failed me all year with touchdowns. <laughs> and uh, like Robert Woods finally starts he you know, gets his first one last week. I like that strategy. Hopefully hopefully two more are coming. <laughs> Just go down with the ship, right? Just keep going. Exactly. Just keep playing them until, you know. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you abandon all your plays that you've been riding all year and then they do pop off and you would have that's won the worst. Dollars, yeah. You'll you'll never you'll never live it down. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> so real quick, how did you win your ticket? Uh I captain I captained Sony Michelle on a Patriots primetime game and he'd been atrocious the game before. And uh but I captained him again because it was the game that were, the game before Brady had taken all the short yardage. He'd taken two QB sneaks at the one yard line for touchdowns and he took a fourth and one QB sneak. So everyone was like, Oh, that's the new offense. So I watched the film and like, I don't know what the, I think it was the giants. I don't know what they were doing, but they didn't have any linebackers in the a gaps and they just had four down at the line. I first and goal at the one. So you could see Brady tap his helmet, you know, he's checking to something else and then he QB sneaks. And Michelle was in the backfield every time. So I was like, those all should have been Michelle handoffs. But I don't know what kind of idiot defense the Giants were playing that forced Brady to just take it himself. So then I captained Michelle, and he was like 5% captain. I think I was the only person that had him as my captain in the um, qualifier. And he got three one-yard touchdowns at the goal line that game. So it was lucky that they got to the goal line at the one that many times. But it was I was also pretty stoked. Like, you never – your film analysis never goes that well. Like – Right. You never think, right. oh, I just figured out who the goal line back is and no one else knows. <laughs> and then usually when that happens, they never get to the goal line. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, was, and that's that, that was Michelle's best game all year. Yeah. I think that was the yeah, Monday so, night game against the Jets, right? It was, yeah. And I think they had played the Giants before. Yeah. And that's so the Giants stat box score is what threw everybody off. But the film looked looked like, you know, it was still Michelle. So so it worked out really well. And, and I did get lucky because uh if James White had gotten to keep the touchdown that he scored from like the six yard line or something, um, then I, I wouldn't have won. I don't think, but then, uh, but they, a penalty brought it back. Um, so people said I was lucky, but the penalty was crucial to him scoring. So right. I kind of, I always point that out. I'm like, well, there's no way he would have scored without the hold. So, uh, but anyway, I, you know, I'm lucky. You have to get lucky. to. You win have anything. to, you're not going to come in first without getting a little lucky. So absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, skill, a lot of, um, homework and film and study that, you know, you yourself do and your team and, you know, Tyler and I do, and you just got to have a little luck. You got to have exactly. a little luck. So let's hope I get a little luck uh, this weekend. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we really hope you take it down this weekend. Love to, would love to see it. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Tell the listeners where uh, they can find your work. Yeah. So uh, they can go to dailyfantasyinsider.com. And uh, if they, if they want to get, if they've never been on the site before and they want to try out all our premium stuff for free, um, they can get any monthly membership and uh, use the code Justin friend. And uh, they could just, yeah, that's like what I give to my friends, but they can use that and, and test it out for free for a month. And uh, just don't forget to cancel if you don't like it, because it will renew. So keep that in mind. But uh, yeah, I think they could, they should definitely follow this weekend, this Sunday, the war room. I've been putting in a lot of effort, obviously, into these uh, into these write ups. So it should be a good week. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Best of luck this week um, and uh, have some fun.
Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks yeah, good luck, man. See you, Tyler. I see you. All right, so that was Justin from Daily Fantasy Insider. Smart kid. Um, he's won a lot of money this year. I, I think he said he's up like six figures this year. I saw the other day on Twitter. He's just killing the showdown. Oh, for slate. sure. Yeah, yeah, he's won a. He's banked a couple, so that'll kind of carry you. Yeah, sure. he's just been he's been winning showdown slates, and uh, he plays. He's a high roller. So love having him on the show. Um, great insight. Uh, definitely want to look into that Rams Dallas game a little bit more now with that stack. Never really thought about stacking without a quarterback. It was kind of like my always like when I stack, it's like okay. I mean, quarterbacks automatic plug and play, but that's a great contrarian way to go about it. Kind of reminded me of when the Steelers used to be super concentrated just with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. So I would play those two guys all the time without Roethlisberger just because that was such a concentrated offense. But yeah, he's going with a three man stack and and sounds like he he's leaning towards playing golf, but I don't I don't think you have to. Um, especially in a 200 man field. So there's a lot of different strategies you could go with there, but, um, since those guys are all cheap and they're seeing all the volume, I, I like the call for sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'll definitely be looking for watching that game for him this weekend, rooting for him. So hope he does well. Um, all right. So real quick, we're going to do, um, DTF league update. Uh, Tyler, last time we left, Tyler and I were playing each other. I ended up winning the game. Getting the second seed, Tyler squeaked his way in at the sixth seed. Um, I got a first round bye. Tyler won his lineup last week, or won his matchup. So um, him and I are now in the semifinals. We're not playing each other, um, but if we both win, then we'll meet in the championship, and that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I'll see you in the championship. <laughs> I'm definitely have some decisions to make, so uh, I might actually be sitting my boy Rogers this week. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a tough call against the Bears. Um, all right, so instead of going through, um, you know, we're still going to go through every position. Instead of naming every player and going through, you know, top to bottom, um, we're just going to kind of give you three guys from each position that we like, um, you know, a top tier, middle tier, and a value guy um, to help you guys with your lineups. And like I said, if you have any questions, obviously you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, a lot of you guys have our numbers. Hit us up there. So, Tyler, start us off um, with your QB top play. So quarterback top play, you mentioned earlier, it's going to be chalky. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Um, definitely more on the Texans side in that game. I'm not really too interested in the Titans guys. I think they're priced um, I think they, they're priced up too much this week, and I think Houston's going to come into Tennessee and, and win that game. Tennessee's been riding high, but I think they're kind of due for a stinker. And Derrick Henry's dealing with a hamstring injury. I know Tannehill's been playing well, but I, I just think uh, Houston's going to come in there and dominate. Tennessee is actually missing their top three perimeter corners, which is another reason I really like Watson. It's a must-win game for them. They're pretty much battling to win to win their division, and they still play each other twice. So they play each other this week, and then they play each other in week 17. And Indianapolis is pretty much out of the race, so it's a two-man race. So it's a huge game. Tennessee's a three-point favorite, but I'm definitely leaning towards the Texans, and I think Watson's going to have a big game. Mid-tier quarterback was tough. Um, I don't like too many of the guys in the mid tier. I decided to to go with Kirk Cousins. He he's like sixty one hundred. I think they're playing the Chargers. He's expected to have Adam Thielen back, so that's definitely a positive for him. It's going to take some pressure off Stefan Diggs. Uh, it's another must win situation, so I think it's always important when it's this late in the season to to find those teams that are in must win situations. You you definitely want to be targeting those players. Um, and then you want to be finding the guys that have great matchups as well. 
So it's it's I mean it's not a terrible matchup. It's not a good matchup. It's just kind of a middling matchup. But another reason I like Cousins is because there's going to be more Vikings fans than Chargers fans in LA. There I mean there usually is. Um, the opposing team has more fans just because the LA Chargers don't really have fans. And uh, I just think Cousins is going to play well. So I don't love him, but he was my favorite option in that mid tier. And then for a value quarterback, I really couldn't find one. <laughs> I mean, no. Eli Manning, maybe if he plays going up against the Dolphins, he had a couple of nice drives against the Eagles. But for me, it's uh, I'm definitely going to prioritize Deshaun Watson this week. Yeah, I like all those plays. Um, my top tier play is going to be um, Winston. Um, I, I just like him this week, 6,900, his matchup's good in a dome. We don't have to worry about weather or anything. Um, Detroit's just been horrendous against the pass, and all Winston does is just throw touchdowns. I mean, the guy throws 50 times a game. Um, I know Mike Evans is hurt, but he's had a good connection with Perriman. I think O.J. Howard gets back into the mix, and he's still got Bray, and he's still got Godwin. They have no run game whatsoever, so it's usually just Winston chucking it 40-plus times. He throws touchdowns for sure, but he also throws interceptions, which he, is actually a good thing because he leads the league in interceptions with 23, but he also has 25 touchdown passes and over 4,000 passing yards. He throws an interception, <laughs> Detroit goes down, scores a touchdown, then he's got to come back and throw yeah. again. You know, Works So it's well. just, yeah, I mean, 40 points last week. He's hitting 30 points on the reg. Um, my mid-tier is Jimmy G., um, I like Garoppolo at home against that Atlanta defense, 6,100 on DraftKings. Um, I just think San Fran's going to be rolling. Um, I don't think they'll run the ball too well against Atlanta, but I really like Garoppolo. Sanders is back healthy. Kittle's playing well. Um, Debo Samuel's gotten going. So I like Garoppolo there at 6,100 at home against Atlanta. Also, Atlanta's got to travel, so I think that bodes well for San Fran. Um, my value play – if Eli doesn't play, I was on Daniel Jones. Um, like him at 5,600, going at home against Miami's awful defense. Uh, can't get can't go wrong with that. If he's got Tate, if Ingram's back healthy, um, Slayton, he's got uh, Shepard. So the wide receivers are healthy and playing, and um, Miami can't stop anyone. If Eli does play, um, I was kind of actually leaning towards uh, Blow, whatever, however you pronounce his name. Blau. Blau. Blue, blow, blow. Uh, the Detroit quarterback going. I mean, I just think that game's going to be a shootout. So going back and forth with Winston, um, I could see him hitting value at fifty three hundred. Uh, running back, what do you got? So top plays, I, I'm going to have to list off two guys just because there's honestly a lot of uh, really good running back plays I like this week. Um, my first option is going to be Chris Carson, seventy five hundred. He's just he's got the best possible matchup going up against the. The worst-ranked Carolina Panthers rush defense. Honestly, they've just given up. Their season's lost. They're just not trying on defense. Keekley's probably not even motivated himself. So Chris Carson should have a field day. Rashad Penny tore his ACL, so he's going to be out there. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get over 20 touches. And with that matchup and the Seahawks coming off a loss, I just think they're ready to come into Carolina and smash them with with uh, Carson. Uh, my other one was Josh Jacobs. Um uh, probably the next best matchup besides uh, the Panthers. He's expected to play coming off the shoulder injury missed last week, but they're home against the Jaguars, six-and-a-half-point favorites. He's only 7K, and the Jaguars have lost five straight games. 
by over 100 points. So it's another team that's just totally given up, and it's the last game ever in Oakland, so they should be motivated to come in and uh, dominate the Jaguars. And I think Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson are both going to score touchdowns and, and get over 100 yards. What about value? Do you have any value plays? Uh, my mid-tier play was Todd Gurley, so Justin kind of talked a lot about him. His price doesn't make sense at 6K. He's you know he's playing on a lot of snaps, so we don't have to talk too much about him. Mm-hmm. And then my value play is uh, Raheem, Raheem Mostert. He's just way too cheap at 5.2 thousand, and he played over 60% of the snaps. Um, so he's way more expensive on FanDuel, so you definitely want to get your exposure to him on DraftKings. And the Niners are 10.5-point favorites. They should have no problem scoring points against the Falcons. So I, I think he's a good bet to find the end zone and, and possibly get uh, close to the 100-yard bonus as well. I like all the plays. Um, Jacobs was one guy I was going back and forth with. I, I just don't know how much I trust his shoulder in, in, injury. Um, it sounds like his one injury was pretty bad, and I think he ended up injuring the other shoulder uh, two weeks ago. So I just don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, Oakland should have a good day on the ground against that Jacksonville D. Out of all the teams that have been horrendous this year, I think Jacksonville is by far the worst. Um, they just they just look like they're giving up. Um, at least Miami's well coached. The Bengals got a little fuel from Andy Dalton. Um, you know, and Miami's got you know Miami or Miami's well coached. Um, Cincinnati. What was the other one? Washington's been pretty bad, but I just feel like Jacksonville's just they just look they just look they just don't care. They just don't (laughs) care. They just looked un un I don't know. They they look bad. Um so my plays were Fournette. Um I don't know. As much as I don't like Jacksonville, I I just think Fournette, he's just seventy six hundred. Um I know that's Justin's guy, and I really like him this week against Oakland's D, who just can't stop the run whatsoever. Um, I think Minshew gets the boys back on track there. Um, I also like Chris Carson at 7,500. I was going back and forth between them. Uh, he's just in an absolute smash spot. Penny's done for the year, um, so it's just all Carson. And I think Carolina's pass defense and the way Russell Wilson has been playing lately, which isn't good, I think um, Seattle's just going to be forced to run the ball a ton. My um, value play I like Mosert since you picked him. I'm going to go with my second guy that I was on. By the way, if um, if Jacobs doesn't play, I like Washington at like 4,700. Yeah, I mean, sure. he's an absolute play. Um, but I like Kenyon Drake at home against the Cleveland team that just is also a mess. Um, I think Arizona gets back on track with, you know, finding their true identity, which is, you know, their trick plays, running the ball, screen passes, uh, things like that. So I like Drake at 5,000 to hit value and find That's the That's a good price zone. for Drake, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I like him to hit value at 5,000. All right, wide receiver, what do you got? Wide receiver, going back to that Texans-Titans game, we talked a little bit about him before. It's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. There's just no corner on the Titans that can stick with him. He should see over 10 targets in a must-win game. He's coming off a, a tough matchup against Chris Harris, and he dropped uh, 30 DraftKings points on him with 13 targets. Now he's in a great matchup, and I just think he's going to dominate uh, any of those Titans corners that try to match up with him. And I don't even mind if Will Fuller comes back because then he'll probably see less um, double coverage. So either way, I'm going to be stacking up. I don't Watson think, I don't think the double coverage even matters for Hopkins. No, probably not. 
the mid-tier, I, I do like uh, Michael Gallup. I uh, was another player that Justin mentioned. And along with him, I'm going to have to dig into a little more research between Amari and Gallup, choosing which one to play with Prescott or just in general. So Gallup is 5.7K and Amari 6.5. Amari's probably going to see shadow coverage from Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey hasn't been as effective this year, but he's still probably one of the best five corners in the league. Um, Amari's worst game is actually 16 and a half, uh, PPR points at home. So he should be able to win in any matchup, um, in the dome there. And then I have a couple of value plays, Chris Conley, 3.6 K assuming that DJ shark misses. I, th- I just think he's underpriced and he can have a big game going up against a terrible Raider secondary. The other one is going to be Justin Watson. He is a white wide receiver, 3.7K. Um, that matters. <laughs> so Mike Evans is out with a hamstring injury, and Watson should be a full-time player. And he's honestly been really – well, he was really productive at Penn State, and he was a guy that I rostered a ton of in the preseason. And he had a really good spark score. He was over 90% spark score, which basically means he's a really good athlete. And uh, at 3.7K – and with Darius Slay projected to go up against Chris Godwin, I think Watson can have a, a pretty nice game. And he probably won't be that high-owned going up against the Lions. Okay. I like those calls. Um, my top guy is Hopkins. Hands down, best matchup. I think it's going to be a shootout there in Tennessee. Houston's playing for a playoff spot. So, um, you know, and home field um, in that division. So I like Hopkins at 8,000. Another player I liked up there to talk about real quick is Tyreek Hill. I just think he's in a great matchup at 7,500. Last time he played Denver, he found the end zone. Um, I think Denver's going to be able to put some points up against Kansas City, so I could see Mahomes having to chuck the ball a little more, and if the weather's good, um, I think Tyreek Hill has a good day at 7,500. My mid-tier play, I like Landry. Um, Arizona's been bad against the pass. Um, They're really bad against number two wide receivers. So if OBJ plays or if anything happens, um, Landry is obviously the number two guy. And at 6,700, he's just been Baker's favorite target, um, continues to get a ton of looks, continues to find the end zone. So I really like him. And then a value play I like is um, Sterling Shepard. I think everyone's going to be on Slayton and everyone's going to forget about Shepard. But Miami's really bad against the number one wide receiver. I think they're giving up the most fantasy points to number one wide receivers. Um even if Daniel Jones doesn't play, Eli still has a history with Shepard, and I think um, him and Eli can get on the same page for you know their second game together. And at 5,400, I could definitely see Shepard finding the end zone. Um, all right, so tight end, what do you got? And real quick before we get to tight end, it's, uh, you make a good point on the uh, Giants wide receivers going up against the Dolphins. There's been a receiver in the winning million dollar lineup on DraftKings four weeks in a row that played against the Dolphins secondary so clearly they just love giving up big games against wide receivers they don't have any pass rush and they don't have any secondary so it's going to be Shepard this week um I would tend to agree with that because of the chemistry reason that you stated um Slayton's shown he's had a couple big games but I just think Eli's more of a check down quarterback and I think Shepard could have one of those games where he catches 10 balls and goes over 100 yards. Uh, so for tight end, I think it's pretty tough week to determine 
which of the top three tight ends you should take um, when we're talking about Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Zach Ertz. They're all averaging over 15 points a game. They're probably all going to see eight-plus targets, and they're all in decent matchups. Uh, I think Kittle probably has the best matchup going up against the Falcons. Honestly, Zach Ertz might get the most targets with Elshon Jeffrey ruled out, and he's just been a target hog in any of those situations coming off the huge game against the Giants. Um, so I'm going to get exposure to all three of them. I know Travis Kelsey's been my guy all year, so I'll probably have the most of him. And then value tight ends, there's a couple guys. Uh, Ian Thomas is only 3.1K, which is just way too cheap if, if Greg Olson misses again with a concussion. And then Tyler Higbee is also way too cheap. Justin mentioned him. We talked a lot about him. Back-to-back game, seven-plus catches and over 100 yards. He's only 3.9K, and if Gerald Everett misses, uh, he's definitely going to be in play again. Yeah, out of the top three, my top tight end this week is going to be Zach Ertz. There's just no one else to throw the ball to in Philly. Um, and Washington's really bad against covering the tight end. I think they're fourth worst in the league. So, And Zach Ertz is just – I mean, he catches everything pretty much thrown his way. Him and Wentz have a pure chemistry, and with Alshon out – with you know every other wide receiver that they have or have brought up out I mean they have no one else to throw the ball to it's gonna be Zach Ertz all day um my value play is Gusecki for Miami um I don't know the status of Landry um but at 4,000 going against that Giants defense I just think um you know what we saw Zach Ertz do last week I think Gusecki could do the same thing um he's a great athlete um Fitzpatrick definitely looks his way. Um, you know, target shares last couple of weeks, five, seven, seven, and six. Um, found the end zone in two of the past four weeks. So I like him at 4,000. And then the value play is going to be Ian Thomas. Um, if Olsen doesn't play, he's almost a lock at 3,100. Seattle's second worst in the league against the tight end. And at home, um, I think Carolina puts up a fight. Seattle just hasn't looked the same. Um, I think they win the game, but I think Carolina, you know, um, gives them everything they got. And I like Ian Thomas at 3,100. Um, all right, defense, what do you got? Tough week for defense. I just had a couple teams on my list that I wanted to talk about. The first one is the Green Bay Packers at 3,000. They're at home. It's going to be a really, really cold game. I was looking at the forecast, and it's looking like it's going to be in the teens, um, about 12 or 13 degrees there. Um so it's not looking like there's going to be precipitation, but if there is, it's going to be much harder for the um, offenses to move the ball, especially Trubisky, because Rodgers is used to it, and he, he pretty much always lights it up when they're at home. So the Packers are going to be a defense that I'm going to be rostering. And then the Lions are just way too cheap at home going up against Jameis Winston, who leads the league in interceptions. And the Lions quietly have a pretty good pass rush, and the Bucks have a really – poor offensive line so I think the Lions are a good sleeper uh I think they're down in the, the low 2000s um yeah they're 2300 so that's a that's a deep um uh, my top play is going to be New England I just think they get back to form here against Cincinnati um I think they cover the 10 point spread or whatever it is and I think they absolutely steamroll them so at 4,000 they're definitely going to be a defense I'm going to want to target uh mid-tier I was between the Packers and the Vikings for me um, I'll probably go with the Packers just because of the, being at home and cold. Um, I mean, the way Trubisky's been playing and the Bears have been playing worries me a little bit. Uh, division game, so, you know, they're familiar with each other. Um, but I, I kind of like Minnesota, too. Um, 
I just watch Rivers play, and he just can't throw the ball. I mean, it's like hard to watch when he's like winding up to throw the ball. Um, and I think Minnesota's defense can get to him, um, at least get an interception, maybe a pick six, a couple sacks. So I like them at 3,100. And then my value play is actually deeper than the Lions. I like the Broncos at 2,000. Their defense has just been so underrated, and they continue to compete. They're well-coached. Uh, Vic Fangio's done a great job. Von Miller's coming back, uh, second game at, you know, from coming back from injury. And Kansas State just doesn't look the same as they've been. Mahomes is definitely banged up. Now with a hand injury, he's got, you know, lower body injury issues. Um, last time the Broncos played, they did contain Tyreek Hill. Um, he still found the end zone. He didn't blow up. So I think Harris can, you know, contain him and the Broncos can come up with a scheme. I, I just think at 2,000, I mean, a couple sacks, maybe a pick, maybe they get lucky with a pick six um, or run a punt back kickoff or something. I think that's a that's an easy value play there. I, and they just, I, I don't know, they just, I mean, at Houston, they put up 15 fantasy points um, against Rivers. They put up eight. At Minnesota, they put up nine. Um, at Indy, they put up seven against Tennessee. They put up 23. I mean, they have potential to, I mean, a 2000, what do you need from them? Eight, seven points. So I, I, I like them down there at, at a value play. Yeah, it's pretty much always good to pay up at defense. It's just since it's such a variant position and anything can happen. We saw them get a fumble return for a touchdown last week going up against the Texans. So it's definitely a position that's hard to predict and it's usually better to pay down there. Uh, I do have a couple bets I wanted to mention. Yep. I'm going to go with a seven-point teaser. Um, back to the theme of targeting teams that have to win. And that's going to be the Chiefs. So we're going to tease them down to two and a half. They're, uh, honest, I mean, their offense has like, been struggling, but their defense has honestly played a lot better the last couple of weeks. They held down New England, and they uh, totally dominated the Raiders the week before. I just think they're going to get rolling down the stretch here, and um, – they're going to get rolling into the playoffs, and, and they're trying to get up to that two-seed. Uh, First-round bye would be huge for them. Uh, another team I'm going to tease is the Patriots coming off back-to-back -back losses. You know they're going to be motivated. So they're only favored by nine going up against the Bengals, so you could tease them down to two. And then we're going to tease the Texans up to ten with the seven-point teaser. Talked a lot about that game. I just think the Texans are going to come in, and uh, Deshaun Watson's going to – pretty much bring his team right down the field every chance he could get. And I think the the Titans are going to regress a little bit. So I love the Texans plus 10. And then the last team, Monday Night Football, Saints are only favored by nine points at home against the Colts. The Colts have just fallen apart completely since T.Y. Hilton's been out, and they've had a ton of injuries on both sides of the ball. And going up in New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans has had some injuries on defense too, but I just don't see the Colts keeping up with the with the Saints on Monday night. Um, all right, that does it. So thank you guys for listening. As always, thank you, Justin, for coming on. Um, if you guys have questions, I know there's going to be a bunch of injuries, updates the rest of the week. So we'll keep you updated on Twitter. Um, so make sure you're following us. Hit us up if you need any season-long help. It's playoff time. Um, I know I'm helping a bunch of people, friends of mine, cousins, family, um, all asking me questions. So let us know. We love to help. Um, we, we enjoy doing this stuff. Anything else before we get out of here? That's it. Good luck in your uh, playoff matchups for fantasy. Hit us up with any questions you might have, and uh, good luck in DFS if you're playing this week. All right. He's Tyler. I'm Nick. We're out. See you.